The following sermon was delivered on March 6, 2022, at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by the Reverend Wendy Page. The title of the sermon is Resolutions and Intention. Here begins the sermon. We live in challenging times. In this third year of pandemic, with a new war being fought in the Ukraine, brought on by bully aggression, hope and resilience can be hard to find. In our first hymn this morning, we sang, I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. Sometimes creating the space for hope is the greatest gift of all. And what creates the space for hope for us? For me, it is an active intention and resolution to make a difference. I think back to the beginning of this year and our yearly activity of making New Year's resolutions. January is such an arbitrary time of year to make resolutions. It's in the middle of the flow of the academic year. It's almost halfway through our church year. And yet every January we make or don't make resolutions and more annoyingly, we get asked about them. In my Spanish conversation group this winter, we discussed las metas, or goals as opposed to las resoluciones, or resolutions, because our teacher Michelle thinks that resolutions can be too big and we get too easily overwhelmed by them. She thinks that goals are less intimidating and there's less need to feel failure. Nevertheless, the word resolution is in our culture and it gets associated with January 1st as a new starting date to work on them. Back in January, we were in the middle of the Omicron surge of a seemingly endless pandemic, but some of us persist in the yearly ritual. Did you make any resolutions this year? If so, do you remember what they were? And how are you doing two years and one week into the year? Does your resolution from January even make sense in this changing world? In thinking about resolutions, there are three areas that are problematic and need to be addressed. The first is what we resolve and how we arrive at those resolutions. If we're madly trying to come up with something the last week of December, our resolutions will be less sticky because they're not touching our deepest needs and wants. Intention takes time and inner work. Our culture focuses on the New Year's resolutions, but real change often takes much longer than a year. And the big change in our lives are often hard to articulate. Understanding what that general discomfort in our day-to-day -day life means takes time and reflection. Over the years, before the time of COVID, I attended silent retreats a couple times a year. Participants gathered as a group in a comfortable setting away from our homes and daily lives. We were treated to a day or more of silent reflection with some leading questions drawn from stories the leader would share with us. There was time to reflect, to write, to walk in the woods, to follow a labyrinth path, 
to take a nap in the middle of the day. To find our true callings, we need the time and the space to listen to the leadings of our heart, our true intentions. Recently, I looked through the journal entries I made on those retreats almost a decade ago. Year after year, I would write about the need for change in my work life, a need to find meaning in what I did. In retrospect, the theme was repeated over and over, and it took years for me to make the decision to end my software career and head off to divinity school at the age of 63. It did not make financial sense, but it followed the yearning that I had been expressing in those journal ent entries year after year with no apparent movement or progress. I hope that you have opportunities for quiet reflection in your daily life, whether it's watching snow fall through a window, taking a walk through the woods, doing a mindful meditation. We can still ourselves to listen to our inner yearnings. Sometimes our goals can come to us from others. My goal to learn Spanish came from my colleague, Jamie. She voiced her goal to be fluent enough in Spanish to introduce herself to patients in the hospital where we worked and find out if they wanted to have a conversation with a spiritual care provider. If they did, she would call for an interpreter to come in person or interpret over the phone. This is a social justice issue. Imagine being in the hospital and not being able to communicate with those tending to you. Imagine the, that those caring for you are avoiding interacting with you because they do not speak your language. I understood that Jamie's goal was important and had her write a few phrases down for me. It was really awkward to pull out the paper and look for the right phrase to introduce myself. So eventually I started taking Spanish classes because of her influence. If we take the time to listen to those yearn yearnings for change, we eventually identify our intention. That was our first challenge. Our next hurdle is how to implement that change when we know we, what we are called to do, whether it is a change in our personal lives or a change in how we see and interact in the world. It may be doing both internal and external work as we struggle to end systemic white supremacy, work for racial justice, address climate change. But inertia is a powerful force. Change in our individual lives and out in the larger world is hard. It takes time. It takes tenacity. In his TED Talk, Todd Rogers talks about the gap between intention and action. Rogers is a behavioral scientist at Harvard who studies mobilization. He has studied voter turnout and he has discovered and confirmed three things that can help mobilize people. The first is producing a plan of action. How do you intend to achieve that resolution that you made? What are the specific steps that you're going to take? The second is peer pressure. 
If you know lots of other people are doing an activity such as turning out to vote or writing postcards or going for a walk every day, you are more likely to join in. Who else shares your goal? And the third is to reinforce identity. As a socially responsible person, as a concerned voter, as an active person, as a Unitarian Universalist, work on that resolution. These three, making a plan, applying peer pressure, and reinforcing identity can improve your chance to make a change or motivate another person to make a change. Resolutions and intentions are difficult to maintain. Change is hard, and we need all the support we can get. We can apply Roger's ideas to our own goals and intentions. Have a plan. A friend has decided to go for a walk every day outside. She has a wall calendar where she writes down her daily walks. She plans meetings outside and walks with others in this time of COVID. Apply peer pressure. One way to do this is to share your goals. Some of them become catching and others will join you. I now walk with my friend when we are able and I've started writing down my exercise on my wall calendar. The days where I write nothing stand out as a reminder to keep moving. I join my friend on walks and reinforce her goal. I have also taken on her goal as well. It is spreading. I write postcards to encourage voters because there are others in my community who have a goal of increasing voter access and participation, and they create opportunities for others to join them. I donate to the UU service community to support agencies on the border in Eastern Europe, helping displaced people as they flee the violence in the Ukraine. Our communities hold us to our actions. This reinforces identity. I think of myself as an active person, a concerned voter, a Unitarian Universalist, and I'm held by something bigger than myself. Timing of goals, intentions can be another problematic area. Change takes time, and it doesn't always happen on our timetable. But if we're holding intention for change in our hearts, if we're, if we're sharing it with others and keeping it present in our thoughts, we can notice opportunities when they show up. If we need to make a move, if we need to change jobs or a career, if we need to become more involved in social just, justice initiatives, if we need to learn more about our white privilege, opportunities will present themselves. What is my goal for this year? I'm building on my previous goal to learn Spanish. My goal is to listen three to five hours of Spanish a week to improve my comprehension and my pronunciation. I must admit, it was five hours for the first two weeks of January, and then I modified it to three to five hours. How am I integrating that into my life? When the weather is too cold or slippery to go out for a walk, I ride my exercycle inside, and now I listen to Spanish programs from Netflix, or the news on Telemundo as I cycle inside. 
Surprisingly, Sesame Street en Español is very entertaining. I'm exercising and listening to Spanish, two goals at the same time. I'm also taking that Spanish conversation class. That class counts as an hour and a half of Spanish per week, and it is a community that reinforces my goal. I want to understand better what people are saying. I'm now able to introduce myself to patients and understand them when they ask for things, such as wanting rosary beads. But I'm also learning about Spanish and Latin culture and music. I'm learning Hispanic and Latin history and social issues, including racism and indigenous rights in Central and South America. This motivates me to continue my work on my language skills. Okay, but what if you don't have time for a silent retreat or you've already blown your resolution for this year? It's not too late. Tara Parker Pope, columnist for the New York Times, describes another way to set intention. She invites us to select one word that captures your values and intentions for the next year. She describes an exercise from the work of Kelly McGonigal, a health psychologist, author, and lecturer at Stanford University. McGonigal's work focuses on finding hope and meaning in life's daily challenges. Parker Pope writes that the past two years have been uniquely challenging for most people, and picking a word to guide you through the third year of the corona virus pandemic is a good way to take back some control. The value of this word exercise is that it helps you focus on the things that you most are most meaningful to you and the positive changes you'd like to make in your life, no matter what 2022 has in store. Her approach is to select a word, not a resolution, a task to be done, but as a reminder of your hopes and aspirations. She encourages us to take time to find a meaningful word. Try them out. Try answering the question, what matters most to me? McGonagall sees the word as a description of how you want to direct your energy. She suggests that we do not settle on the first word we think of. Some guidelines for selecting this word include thinking about what you're you value. Ask yourself what decisions you'll be making this year and what value would help you with those decisions. Use a dictionary. You do remember what a dictionary is, right? And ask other people what their words are. Some of Dr. McGonagall's words for the past years include mentor, community, vitality, and dance. Her word this year is create. And whatever word you settle on to guide you this year, share it with others. I started the year with the word curiosity, but I have shifted right now my word is hope because hope is hard to find. However, you, however you set intention for this year or this season, whether through a resolution, a goal, or a single word. May it help companion and guide you with per 
you with purpose as you navigate this complicated world we live in. Share it with others and build a community of fellow travelers who can encourage and support you. And in doing so, you will encourage and support them and maybe bring hope where hope is hard to find. We are all in this together. Blessings on the journey. Blessed be.